And so to, to start off, I was trying to think of how I would thank him for allowing this, this huge responsibility um, for preaching today. And then I thought, well, I'm not a preacher, so I'll say teaching. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm not really a teacher, so then I'll say, I'll, thanks for letting me speak. And then I got stumped on what I should thank him for. <laughs> because in my mind, a preacher, a teacher, and a speaker, they're all experts. And I've heard that an expert is a person with a briefcase that's 50 miles from home. Well, I don't own a briefcase, and I'm less than a mile from my house, six-tenths six of a mile to be exact, and so then I got really nervous. <laughs> so how is it that I'm qualified to even be up here right now? But then God gave me the answer. Because it's not what qualifies you, it's who qualifies you. And our Lord and, and, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, qualifies all believers through the work of the Holy Spirit. We must be obedient to God's will because his will makes all things happen for his glory. He leads us in ways that are uncomfortable at times and even in times when we are blatantly defiant towards him. But he continues to shape us and mold us, refining us for his purpose. God is always working our life. He's always at work in our lives. He is constantly leading us in ways that may be clear some days and other days we may think, what's the point? But the point of it all is, but the point of it all leads to this question. It's how will we finish? My hope is to always finish strong. Sometimes I fail at that. <laughs> and I firmly believe that our, our Heavenly Father's hope, is, is, that's, his, that's his hope as well, is, is for us to finish strong, for his glory. So this morning I'd like to give this message in an effort to encourage all of us to finish strong. So this is, last, this is the last Sunday of 2015. We just finished up celebrating Christmas, and what a great, wonderful season that is. I know that's mine and Julie's favorite holiday, and, and I know it's many other people's favorite holiday as well. Not only to be able to spend time with our family and friends, and, but really to be able to celebrate our Savior's birth. But we also look to the, to the new year, and with the new year we, we set New Year's resolutions in hopes to be able to redeem some, some things that we messed up in the, in the, in the last year or maybe even some obstacles that we had this past year. Some of our thoughts may be, how can I redeem myself after having ate all of those Christmas cookies? Another thought may be, man, I don't look forward to paying off the debt I just racked up for Christmas. So what do we do? Well, we can do, of one, of, we can do one of two ways. We can be, be proactive and start a plan with a straightforward process, or we can look to Google and search for those schemes that will give us six-pack abs in three easy steps, or increase our income by working less than one day a week. So, yeah, Pastor Brady, yes. So I figured I'd come up with my own easy step process and call it five steps to finishing strong, because who really wants to finish weak? And in that title, you may, you may notice that I didn't include easy. It's not five easy steps to finishing strong, it's five steps to finishing strong. I recalled my dad used to say, you know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. So, but with that, this process of five, five steps to finishing strong is very doable through God's power and guidance. And of course, the greatest caveat to, this, to the five steps is that none of this is possible, is that none of, the, none of this process is doable unless we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And when we do this, we are then saved from eternal death at which moment, at which time, 
God opens our lives up to a righteous way of living. Does this mean that from the moment we're saved up until the time we meet Jesus, does that mean we're going to be without struggle? Of course not. We're reminded of this in Romans 8, 16 through 17, where Paul says that for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So keeping this in mind, I'd like to to begin our lesson today on five steps to finishing strong. So I've based this process of five steps off of Romans 12, 1 through 2. And as I read these two verses, I'm going to explain to you the five steps. All right? So Romans 12, 1 through 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, first step, to give your bodies to God because, all, because of all he has done for you. Second step, let them, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. Third step, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Fourth step, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. In the fifth and final step, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So let's break those steps down. First step, give your bodies to God. When I thought of this, I thought, of, I thought about how our, what are, what are, what are our, our bodies made up of. We're all the same. All of our bodies are made up of the same things. We all look differently. We think differently. But all of our bodies are, they're, it's a complex system. I'm not going to get in, into a science class here, but <laughs> it's a complex system of physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional wellness. God desires our bodies to be in per- peak performance to do his work. In that work, and that's the essence of giving our bodies to him. We must take care of our bodies and strive towards total wellness. Paul warns us in, in Romans 6.13 not to use our bodies in a way that's not pleasing to God. I'll read it for, to you here. Romans 6.13. Do not let any part of your body become it, an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. We must dedicate our bodies to God, if if really for no other reason than because of our gratitude for what he's done for us. Although we do have a choice, we can become lazy, we can eat or drink what we want and how much we want, we can look at what we want, and we can worship things created instead of worshiping the, the creator. We can do all these things, but if our desire is to bring God glory then that life still is not going to work and we won't be productive in God's kingdom. So let's look at it from a uh, team concept. How many Bearcats do we have here today? How many Bearcats? All right. I knew that. Yep. Okay. So, all right. Good. As some of you may know, the Northwest Missouri State University Bearcats just won their fifth Division II football national championship. How do they do that? How do they win year in and year out? Well, I'll tell you one thing. This isn't in my notes. It's because... It's a faith-based program. They are succeeding for what God desires. And they put their faith in God, and in turn, they do the right things. So what, what is doing the right things? They do it through preparation. They prepare physically through the off-season during conditioning and workouts. Mentally, they become stronger through their weekly scattering reports. 
as they learn about their opponent's tendencies and their weaknesses. And they practice scenarios doing it until, they were, until they're successful in practice, essentially preparing themselves emotionally to win. They're expected to win. And as Christians, we're expected to win. As, as Christians, we should not differ in this type of preparation. Preparing and giving our bodies to our team, the body of Christ. Paul says in Romans 5.3 that we should rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. None of us play perfectly, but with God's perfection, we can give up our bodies to be in his game. Then we can encourage each other with the common knowledge that we will be victorious in the end. The second step is being a living sacrifice. The term living sacrifice is somewhat, is somewhat contradicting. In the Old Testament, a sacrifice was the killing of an animal as an offering to God. So the sacrifice was no longer living. The only sacrifice ever given that is still living is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, in essence, if we are to be a living sacrifice, we are to be Jesus. Jesus used his beautiful and perfect life to be the perfect example to humanity and how to live. So, to be a living sacrifice is to, be, is to live like Jesus. To live like Jesus, then we must allow him to lord over our lives. We must be, and by lording over our lives, we must be obedient to his instructions. Jesus tells us, tells us in Luke 9, 23 to 24, If any of you want to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. We must give up our old ways of doing things. This is a daily commitment. It's something that we must actively pursue. Because of the world we live in, there are so many distractions that we can lose sight of how Jesus lived and how he died. What does our, what does our lives look like? Where do we put our time? Where do we put our efforts? What is our gifts? How are we using them? And what's holding us back from using our gifts? In Romans 12, 6-8, Paul talks about gifts. He says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to, is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. All of these gifts further God's kingdom, but it places, it, it places us in a position that may be uncomfortable, places that may make us vulnerable or even fearful that we, that we might be rejected, exposed, or that we may even feel unworthy. Those feelings and or thoughts are not of our Father. Those are, 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 are of our enemy at which he's attempting to hold us back from further, furthering God's kingdom. So what do we do? Do we listen to those thoughts, causing us to conform to, to what's comfortable in, in today's society? So the third step is don't conform to the world. What does your world look like? Where do you work? Where do you live? Where do you play? What's your role? Are you just a number? Where are you making a difference? Where are you just blending in? 
We must intentionally, <coughs> intentionally stand out from the crowd in a way that is appealing and pleasing to God. This world is and always has been full of evil and corruption. This world is full of sin, self-service, and a what's-in-it-for-me-and-who-really-cares-about-the-next-guy attitudes. But what are we doing about it? Romans 12, 9 through, 2, 9 through 18 tells us that we shouldn't just pretend to love others, that we should really love them. We should hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our, in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who, perse- who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who, are, who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. This can be extremely difficult at times. Sometimes we're hard to live, or we're, we're just hard to love. But we must be intentional in our actions with the hopes that a small snowflake of love could create an avalanche of hope, smothering evil, any evil along the way. We must challenge the way of the world and, and recognize when, when we begin to drift into its grips, which is easy to do. That's why it's so important to do life together, so we can caution and admonish each other. So I got an example for this, and I kind of struggled with that if I, if I wanted to share this or not, but in fear that it would hurt my character, but I'm going to go ahead and share it with you. A simple example for this was Julie, the kids, and I were heading back from my sister's house this past weekend from Brookside. I was doing the speed limit on, on 169 Highway. I was in the fast lane. And this car came up, came flying up behind me. It just blared on horn. I didn't even see him coming. And he was just, he was blasting his horn. Well, out of frustration and anger, I didn't get over for him. And so he passed me to the right. And as he passed me to the right, I told him that he was number one. <laughs> Can I get an amen? It definitely wasn't out of love and not one of my prouder moments. But Julie admonished me. Thankfully, my little ones didn't see, but our oldest did. So I'm not too proud of that. Now, what kind of example was that? What was I doing? I I responded in a way that was out of the world, and frankly, of my old self. So with that, we need to allow God to transform the way we think. That's step number four. If we are accomplishing steps one through three then step four should come pretty easy. If we are wondering why we are still struggling with certain sins or ungodly thoughts, then we aren't being intentional in living out steps one through three. Think of God as our plumb line. I know some some folks know what a plumb line is. A plumb line was a tool used, and I think it still probably is used. It was a string with a plumb bob at the bottom. It was like a metal wedge-looking thing. And you'd hold it, and kind of stand back to see if what you were building was, was plumb, if a wall was straight, 90 degrees pretty much, 90 degrees from the floor. So picture God as our plumb line. With God as our plumb line, our thoughts and actions remain godly and of him. 
He keeps us upright. If we start to sway one way or the other from plumb, then we start to fall. Eventually, we could fall off our, our foundation, and that foundation being God and his word. But we're lucky that, 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 we, that we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And with his gift, we're given strength and guidance in order to stay true and upright in our actions and through our thoughts. Ephesians 4, 21 through 27 says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, bringing you back to plumb. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So where are we when, we when that happens? We're not plumb. We're swaying one way or the other. And we allowed God to get, or we allowed the devil to get a foothold. And he starts messing with our thoughts. And where is it that he gets the largest foothold? Where is it that he gets the best traction? It's in families. Satan hates marriage and he hates families. He pushes and pulls until the walls start to get out of plumb and they begin to crumble. Our families are under attack, and we need to get them back in line with the thoughts of God. I'd like to take a moment right now and pray for families, pray for marriages. I pray for blessings, and I pray that, that if there is bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, or any other evil behavior, that that spirit would be squashed and replaced with the spirit of truth in the name of Jesus. It is God's will that the covenant of marriage not be broken. We must listen to God's will and be obedient. So that brings up our, our, the last step, number five. Listen to God's will. How does God speak to us? Is it a thundering voice from above? I've never witnessed that. But this is what I do know. We hear God speak through studying his word. When we are struggling with something in particular, God will reveal certain scripture to us. We hear God speak to, speak to us through intercessory prayer. We must allow others to pray for us. This past week, we, we, we went out handing out uh, invitations for the Christmas Eve service. And um, I rode along with Pastor Brady Rogers. That guy is on fire. <laughs> Amazing. And I've always been kind of inquisitive to evangelism. And, and so I've asked him questions and, about his ministry and, and just how he does it. So I was riding along with him. We're going down 92 Highway. He goes, you know, sometimes I just like to stop somewhere. Let's stop at the laundromat. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> so we stopped at the laundromat, and uh, he said, I'll, I'll usually look in there and see how many people in there, and I'll, I'll bring them material and just share the gospel. There was two people in there, and met one of the guy, guy I already knew from years ago, which was cool. And then we met a lady. <clears throat> Brady got to talking with her and just asked her if she had any need for prayer. And you know how you can read people's body language sometimes. You can just tell that they're hurting. She said, yeah, I could use some prayer. He says, is there anything in particular? She said, I just need a break. He said, all right. So we started praying for her. Man, he, is a, he has got an unbelievable gift. He started praying for her organs. Who thinks about praying for someone's organs? You know, <laughs> I mean, pray for someone's health, but he prayed for her organs. After the prayer was done, you could tell she was pretty amazed. She said, I don't have many organs left. 
She said, I had half a pancreas removed. I think she said she had her spleen removed also. She doesn't have insurance, so she's having to pay for that. But what a blessing that was for her. I just hope to God that 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 gave her some encouragement. And that's that's what we need to do with each other. We need to allow people to pray over us. We need to pray for other people. Who knows, God might speak through you. We also hear God speak through that little thing we, we call our conscience. I tell my kids, when that little voice in your head tells you not to do it, don't do it, right? Do what's right. God's will creates order out of this chaotic world. At one time or another, I'm certain that we all are curious about our calling in our life. Are we, are we really doing what God meant for us? Or is there something else for us? God will speak into us. He will lead us to his will. But we must be obedient to what it is that he desires for us. It may be the smallest thing, like buying a coffee for the next person in line. Or it may be a much, on, on a much larger scale. So I try not to get wrapped too much up in, in Facebook. Sometimes I just get sucked right into it. But the other day I was on Facebook and I came across this pretty cool video. And I thought, well, this would be pretty cool to show. Because I think it speaks to being obedient to God and listening to, to what he tells us to do. So we'll go ahead and play that. Pretty cool story, I think. Our God is an awesome God. That pretty much sums it up. It's all about giving the glory to God and ultimately finishing strong. That man's getting to walk again because another man was in touch with the God. He listened to him, and he was obedient. It took him a couple months. <laughs> I think we're all guilty of that. So five steps to finishing strong. It's only a guideline towards living a righteous life. If we fall, which we will, we must get back up, regroup, look to Jesus through prayer, and keep moving. And with the help of the Holy Spirit and our brothers and sisters, we will keep towing the line, finishing strong along the way. I'd like to uh, finish this in prayer. Father God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your continued teachings through our life. I pray that we be aware of those teachings, that we be in touch to your word, and that we be obedient to your will. I pray that each one of us finish this year strong. We look to the new year as a new beginning, that shame or the, the feeling of unworthiness would not reign over us, but that the knowledge of your love and your will would rule over us, that it would lord over us. I just thank you, Jesus, and I love you. In Jesus' name, amen.